Hello and God bless you today from Carlsbad, New Mexico. You are listening to a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. We hope you enjoy the message today, and we'd love to hear from you. If anything in this message has touched you, you have a prayer request, or just want to reach out, you can connect with us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash New Song Carlsbad NM. You can also mail us at Post Office Box 761, Carlsbad, New Mexico, zip code 88221. Please enjoy this message and have a very blessed day. I'd like you to turn in your Bible to the book of Luke. Dr. Luke. Chapter 6. I've been doing a series, if you've noticed, uh, about the teachings of Jesus. And I explained to you that almost everything Jesus taught was hard. And by that I mean it was hard to be received. Nobody likes it when somebody reads your mail and they tell you that you've got a problem in your life and it'd be better if you did something about it. Amen? You get a little offended because you are a creature of habit. You think you're pretty good just like you are. But remember, when you came to the Lord initially and you gave your life to Him, I think you mistakenly thought that from that day forward it was just going to be a honeymoon. You and God, everything's going to be great. You're not going to have any problems anymore. And then you discovered that it was not like that. Within probably two weeks to three weeks after I gave my heart to the Lord, things got pretty dicey. It seemed like people were coming against me. Uh, the devil was coming against me. He was mad because I'd given my heart to God. That's why the devil wants to kill you, by the way. When I asked God about it, he said, John, I didn't just call you for salvation. I called you to serve me. And every one of you in here have been called. You have been ordained. You know, I've got several ordinations. I don't, I don't give them much attention. The only ordination I care about is the one that God gave me. And the word ordination means you've been set aside for a specific task. It's something that only you can do. Oh, somebody else could step in and maybe offer a semblance of what God's called you to do, but nobody can do it like you can. And not, not, most of you don't have the same calling. Some of you are called to minister to children, some the youth, some of you are called to minister salvation to whoever. If you want to be happy in your life, seek the calling of God. Now, God, the day I asked him about this, also informed me that, John, if you're going to follow me, there's some things in your life 
Well, he didn't say it this way, but I will. There are some things in your life that don't smell good. In other words, he was saying to me, John, there's some things in your life that are not pleasing to me, and they will, they will come against your calling and cause you to be less effective than you could be if you would allow me, God says, if you would allow me to change your life. Well, I said, uh, obstinately, I said, well, Lord, what's wrong with me? Right there was the first problem. Pride goeth before the fall. And first thing, one of the first things God will, probably the first big thing that God will teach you is this. He gets all the glory. You get none. And why? That doesn't seem fair. Shouldn't I get a little bit of glory? Here's the difference between you and God. God deserves the glory. You don't. God's perfect. There's no fault in God. Now, that's, that's hard for some of you to take when, when somebody in your family dies. Uh, you can't pay your rent. Your car runs out of gas, and you don't have the money to put gas in it. There's all kinds of little things that happen on a daily basis. And then the devil comes and starts speaking to you and, say, and says to you, Ha! So that's your God, huh? He promised to take care of you and he's not doing it. I want you to, sometime today after you leave, I want you to go somewhere in the bathroom, one of your closets, close the door, get in there and talk to him. Are y'all hearing me? Get in there and talk to him. Say, God, first thing i got to do is confess to you that I've been angry with you. I used to shake my fist at him. Threatened him that I would go back to the world I was in before he brought me to him. And one day, he, he got me hard. He said, John, there's no fault in me. There is no fault in me. Now that, that kind of blew me away because you see, whenever something goes wrong in your life, you want to blame somebody. And listen to this, I know it's true. You want to blame everybody or anybody but yourself. Remember that little kid game? He said, well, I, whenever you accuse me, you got three more fingers pointing back at yourself. There's some truth in that, isn't there? And you know what else? Some of us have the audacity to blame God before we'll even think about blaming the devil. Did you forget there's a devil? He's real and he hates you. He wants to kill you. He wants to kill your children. And the only thing you need to worry about is don't believe him because he's a liar. And the day that you start believing what he says about you and your children and your mate, your church, your pastor, the day you start listening to that is the day that you're going to be in bad trouble. Come on. And then Jesus has the audacity to come along and teach us things that are almost more than we can bear. 
if my enemy slaps me in this side of the face, I'll turn my face and let him hit me on that side. What kind of teaching is that? My dad said, John, if some bully hits you, you just get on top of him and start wailing him until he's unconscious. And I did that. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 6, verse 3. Jesus answering them said, Have you not read so much as this, what David did when himself was in hungered, and they were, which were with him, how he went into the house of God and did take and eat the showbread and gave also to them that were with him, which it is not lawful to eat but for the priests alone. And he said unto them, that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. There's another place where the laws of the Sabbath can be constricting. I think I told you this, one of my trips to Israel, I was staying in a a high-rise apartment building. I think it was on like the 10th floor or something. And it was a Sabbath day. Now, you're not supposed to drive. The only cars you'll see out there are ambulances or police. And uh, out my window, I could look down and see a four-lane highway. And there were kids out there playing football, uh, jacks, whatever, right on the highway. When I entered the building, I had gone for a walk. You're allowed to walk a certain distance. And when I came back in the building there were all of these dozens of people standing around the elevator. And they looked happy to see me. They knew I wasn't Jewish. In fact, that's exactly what they were hoping for, that somebody not Jewish would show up. And I, when I went over, they started patting me, and I said, what's, what's the problem? One of them said, well, can you, can you punch the elevator for number nine, my floor? And I said, yeah, why can't you punch it? Oh, that's work. We're not allowed to. They actually told me that. Next thing I know, there were several more. Could you press? I ended up pressing all the buttons. That was a big shock to me. See, uh, and I am not judging them and, and how they feel about the Sabbath at all, but sometimes when you have a belief, no matter what it is, and it takes you into legalism to the point where you are offensive, right? It's just like David going into uh, the temple and taking the showbread off the table and because he's hungry and what about the guy that uh, Jesus told some men uh, which one of you if you lost a sheep fell into a pit on the Sabbath day which one of you would not go and rescue that sheep that sheep represents money and food in your stomach right so you got to be careful now us Protestants, we may not be in on the Hebrew uh, things, but we've got our own little things. There's churches, Protestant churches, the women are only allowed to wear their hair up on top of their head. 
They are never allowed to wear pants. And, oh, for God's sake, forbidden in church. They have to wear dresses, not just any dress, mind you, a dress down to the top of their foot. And when you see their little girls, they're about three to five years old, they're wearing the same thing. They got their hair on top of their head. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to judge anybody. I'm just trying to tell you, if you're not careful how far you can take laws and turn them into legalism. Legalism, listen to me, always produces bondage. How many of you like to be in bondage? I don't. I think the Lord understood what the concerns of these people were. It's pretty obvious. Now, in fact, in verse 5, he says that the Son of Man is Lord also of the Sabbath. He's the boss. Now, I want you to look at uh, verse 17. I want you to watch this. Luke chapter 6, verse 17. And he came down with them and stood in the plain and the company of his disciples and a great multitude of people out of all Judea and Jerusalem and from the, the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon uh, which came to hear him. And he healed all. Everybody say all. He healed all their diseases. And, that, and they that were vexed with unclean spirits. What's an unclean spirit? It's a demon. What's a demon? A demon is uh, an entity that at one time was an angel. And Satan used to be called Lucifer. He was the most beautiful, created thing God ever made. A lot of scholars believe there were parts of his body that looked like musical instruments because he was in charge of the worship in heaven. But he also had a problem. God had given him a free will. And the reason God gives all of you a free will is so that when you get on your knees and you say, God, I love you, he knows you mean it. Because he's given you the right to say, I don't love you. Amen? Lucifer wasn't satisfied being number two. He wanted to at least be co-equal with God as number one. The, the, the famous six I wills in Isaiah, I will be like the most high God. I will, I will, I will. And finally, he was cast out of heaven. And nobody knows how many angels there are, maybe billions, I don't know. But however many there were, one-third of all of the angels, for some perverted reasons, sided with Satan. And by the way, his name was changed from Lucifer to Satan. It means the adversary, the enemy, the one who hates you. One third of all the angels. And because of that, they were not called angels anymore. They're demons. And remember this, there's only one devil, thousands or millions of demons. But also remember this, you have absolute authority over Satan and every demon that there is. And when you're being attacked, some of you, uh, you don't go to warfare, and you should. 
When Satan attacks you, you've got to understand, he has no weapon against you except lying. And the day you start believing him, he's got you. And when you know it's him talking to you, you just say, wait a minute, devil, no, Satan, and he is the devil. You stop. I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over you, and I command you to leave me alone, leave my wife alone, and leave my children alone, get out of my car, my house, my dogs. I don't want you anywhere near me or anything I possess. And you're going to do it in Jesus' name, and he will, he has to. And you know what? When you have enough skirmishes like that that you win, pretty soon he's going to stop coming to your house. Because whenever you're in warfare and you speak to him like that, it hurts him. It's painful. He can't take it. Do you believe me? See, some of you, the problem that you're having is not that God doesn't love you. The problem is you've stopped doing spiritual warfare. Or maybe you never did it to begin with. If you've got an addiction of some kind, put that up before the Lord and say, Lord, help me. I plead the blood of Christ over myself and I command this addiction to leave, whatever it happens to be. And God knows there's plenty of them out there to choose from. God wants you to be a winner, right, Sal? Right, Sal? God wants you to be a winner, not a loser. And when I look out here, I see a bunch of winners. The problem is some of you go to the bathroom in the morning to get ready, and you look in the mirror and you think you're looking at a loser. No! God doesn't hang around with losers. And if you are a loser, he makes you into a winner. (laughs) Amen. And the whole, verse 19, the whole multitude sought to touch him, for there went virtue out of him and healed him all. Did you see that word virtue? I have studied that word for years. Listen to me. How many of you remember the woman that was in the crowd and she was ill? She had a tremendous illness. And she, everybody was trying to get to Jesus. Everybody was trying to touch him. And she knew that, and she was a humble woman. And she didn't want to just hog his time or or work her way in there and punch people in the face and get them out of the way. She said in her heart, she said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, that's all I need. And that's exactly what she did. Jesus took about two steps, and he stopped. And he looked behind him, he said, who touched me? Now, Listen to this. This is the key. His disciples almost laughed at him and said, Who touched you? We're standing in a crowd of a thousand people or however many it was. Everybody's touching you. They didn't understand and sometimes you and I don't understand. It's not the fact that you touch him. It's the fact of how you touch him. If you touch him in humility, if you touch him in supreme love, if you touch him in obedience virtue, who knows what virtue is? It's another word for goodness. And it's supreme goodness. And when the virtue of Jesus comes out of him, somebody gets healed. When the virtue of Jesus comes out, somebody gets delivered. That's how he knew someone had touched him. 
I think these stories are fabulous. Virtue. Oh, God, help us. Help us, Lord, to understand what this all means. In verse 20, And he lifted up his eyes on his disciples and said, Blessed be ye poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you that hunger now, for you shall be filled. Blessed are you that weep now, for you shall laugh. Blessed are you when men shall hate you, and when they shall separate you from their company, and shall reproach you, and cast out your name as evil for the Son of Man's sake. Rejoice you in that day, and leap for joy, for behold, your reward is great in heaven. For in the like manner did their fathers unto the prophets. But woe unto you that are, that are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. How many of you remember that story in the Bible? A man came to the Lord and said, I, I would, I'd like to follow you. I'd like to be your disciple. What must I do? And Jesus told him a, a very tough thing. He said, go and sell everything you have, everything, and give it to the poor. And then you can follow me. And this man, here's what he did. He, he got dejected because the Bible said he was very rich. You know, the hardest people to bring to the Lord are rich people. I mean, why, why do they need God? Uh, they, they've been uh, interviewing Bill Gates. He's the second richest man in the world. I think the richest guy is a, an Arab, but... He's, uh, he got into computers early and, uh, you know, sold all that. And now he's worth uh, $139 billion or something. It's crazy. The problem with him is now he's taken all of his great wealth and he is supporting things that are not godly. And he, he doesn't have, why should he have to justify anything? Uh, if I'm rich, it means I'm better than you because people just don't get that much money. I had to earn it. Uh, how many of you know most rich people didn't earn it? They got it from their parents. <laughs> Come on. One of the things that's the hardest thing to deal with if you're rich is pride. Look what I did. Look what I've done. Look how great I am. Look how smart I am. Now, God, Jesus began teaching about things that are very difficult. He told you to do things that your parents, the opposite of what they told you. If a guy uh, takes your piece of clothing from you, give him your coat too. What's that all about? You remember last week I told you the, the power behind loving your enemy? When you love your enemy, someone who's harmed you, and you love them back, the first thing they do is they drop their defenses, they open up their heart, and they start listening. Because people who do bad things to other people, they know they're doing it. How many of you know what I'm talking about? If you hurt somebody, you know you, know you did. You may deny it, but you know you did it. And yet, when, a, when somebody that you've hurt 
says, here, can I give you some money and help you today? Or can I come over and mow your yard? Uh, I was in California one time, and a guy got up and gave a, a testimony. He said he was at a, a Christian banquet, and they were all sitting around a table. And he was sitting next to an elderly lady, and she was crabby. You know what I mean? like this food yeah yeah and she was saying that in front of everybody he didn't say anything but when they when the meal was over he went to several people and said do you know that lady and they said oh yeah and I said, he said do you know where she lives and they gave her gave him the address the next afternoon he got his lawnmower and his trimming tools put them in the back of his truck and he drove over to her house The lawn looked like it hadn't been mowed in weeks. He pulls his truck in the driveway. He gets the lawnmower out and the tools. And he begins mowing her lawn, catching the grass. He did it right. He, you know, if you're going to bless somebody, do it right. He caught the grass. He took it back to uh, the trash bin in the alley and he dumped it. And, he, and then he got his trimming tools out and he trimmed the sidewalk. And, and now she's in the, she hears the, the, the motor of the, a lawnmower running, and she goes to uh, the window and parts the curtain. What's he doing? Wasn't he at that meal yesterday? What's he think he's doing? So she goes out to where he is and said, What are you doing? He said, Ma'am, uh, the Lord told me to come over here and bless you. What are you, what are you saying? The Lord says he loves you and he wants you to get blessed today and he's going to bless me because I obeyed him. Really? Right there, the light came on in her. Just that act of kindness, and believe me, it wasn't easy for him to do that. He was kind of elderly himself. It changed her heart. She was a woman that felt sorry for her herself. She didn't think anybody loved her or cared about her. Her husband had died. Her children went off to other states, and she was alone. The Bible, what's the Bible say? It's not good for a man or a woman to be alone. Are, are y'all getting this? Now see, when they were in the meal, she, had, she insulted him a couple of times too. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Somebody insults me, I'm not going to do anything for them. If that's your attitude, you're going to miss some really neat miracles. Uh, I'm not going to go into these stories. I've told you a couple of stories of two doctors in Carlsbad who, they were my doctors. And, uh, well, they thought they were really something. And they knew I was a Christian. I'd go to their, their office and they'd make fun of God, they'd make fun of me. One of them, remember the old first cafeteria? He's got, what is it, a Burger King now? <laughs> they built something there. We went in there after church one day, the line was long, and we went through the, the last double door and we got into the serving room and coming down toward the cashier was one of these doctors. And he saw me, and right in front of all, and this place was packed. 
Hey, John Christian. How you doing today? Don't forget to pray for me. He, he thought, I don't know what he thought. Next thing he knew was he turned around, was getting something out of the serving line, and next thing he knew, I was standing over him with my hand on the back of his head, and I prayed just as loud as he yelled at me. Lord, I thank you for Dr. So-and-so. I ask you just to heal him, set him free, and bless his business. And, and this guy was trying to get away. But you know, less than a year later, he got very ill. And he was told that he might die. And I didn't even know he was in the hospital. I went up there and that's back when they put names on the doors. They don't do that anymore. But here, here was a door that was packed full of, of messages. Do not open this door. See the nurse. Go to the nurse's station. Don't come in here. No, no, no. And, I, and it said his name on the door. And I just politely got the door handle and opened it and went in. He was laying on his side facing the door. Looked like his tongue was hanging out. Boy, he was a sick guy. He opened his eyes and he looked at me and he went, that's what he did. So I walked over there and I said, yes, doctor, what can I do for you? Pray for me, please. See, it wasn't a game anymore then. It was, it was real life. It was life or death. And I was the only Christian that he knew, real Christian, Pray for me. And I did. And he got better. He doesn't live here anymore. He's gone down somewhere. But Listen, if you'll do this Jesus way, I want you to think with me. Think of the opportunities that he'll give you. But if you're crabby and you're uh, confrontational, you're not going to get anybody to the Lord. You're not going to be able to get them saved or anything else. You've got to get the heart of Jesus in your body pumping. The heart of Jesus was for the people. The people. I never understood that until I understood. I had people coming to me asking me, well, when Adam and Eve, when they messed up in the garden, why didn't God just wipe them out and start over? After all, it was just two people. Wipe them out before, before it got any bigger. What, have you ever thought about that? Why didn't he? Because he loved them. Why doesn't he wipe you out? Because he loves you. And, and there's nothing going to change his mind. Even if you go to God, shake your fist at him and say, I am leaving you, I'm going to be a Hindu. And I don't want you to ever talk to me again. He's still going to love you. He's still going to seek after you. He's still going to look for opportunities to put his word inside of your heart. And that's what he wants you to start doing. Are you listening? You cannot outgive God. Listen to this. If you are sacrificing your life for other people, God is going to fill that blessing back up inside of you with more than you gave. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. 
And listen, it's not always money that he gives you. Although I know some of you would like that. He may save one of your children that's really been in drugs and all kinds of bad things. No, listen, you can't put a price on that. Your God loves you that much. Are you out there? And it's all, it's all about the love and the mercy of a great God. And I, I'm, I'll be honest, I'm glad that he didn't wipe Adam and Eve out because that, that would have meant that none of us would have had a chance to, to live this life. I was kind of feeling sorry for myself one day, and I said, Lord, sometimes I feel like I, 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 I don't, I'm not happy that I was even born because if you're born into this world, it means that you're going to have to die. And I don't understand that. And, and God said, Son, I want to assure you that no matter where you go, I'm going to be with you. No matter what happens to you, I'm going to be with you. And at the end, I'm going to bring you to myself. And you're going to live with me forever. Every day with him is going to be a miracle. No more pain, no more disease, no more crying, no more fighting. Why do you think we had all these wars and, and killing that, that go on? It's arrogance. It's what else? Power, oh, that's a big one. We, there are people who would rather have power than to do anything for anybody. Selfishness. Okay, bear, bear with me. I want to pray for some of you in just a few minutes. Look at verse 37. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you shall be forgiven. Amen? Give, and it shall be given unto you good measure. Press down, there it is, and shaken together and running over shall men give unto your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all, it shall be measured to you again. And he spoke a parable unto them. Can the blind lead the blind? Shall they not both fall into the ditch? The disciple is not above his master, but everyone that is perfect shall be as his master. And why beholdest thou the mote that is in your brother's eye, but perceive not the beam, the beam that is in your own eye? Most people who spend their time judging others have actually more problems in their life than the people they're judging. You know why that is? Because they know that they have these problems and they, only, they think the only way they can feel better is to find somebody that's got more problems they, than they do. That's an evil way to look at it, isn't it? Oh, hallelujah. Uh, I need a couple of men to come up and stand behind would you come and maybe Benny now 
let's, let's work it this way. If you're here and you need prayer, come up here right now. Y'all come over here and face me and back up just a little bit. Come on. Okay, where are you? If you need a prayer, you need word, a word from the Lord, come up here. Quick, come quick. You just come right out here. She said, I need a healing and I expect the Lord to heal me. That's a good thing. Because, you know, most miracles start with expectation. You got to expect it. Come out here, girls, and stand right here facing me. Yeah, just get in the line, going right down the line. La masura ne mi acholara ne vita. Ne vita la loca yepia. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. The Lord says, I didn't forget about you. I know you have been alone. I have not left you. I have a plan. I have a plan. Let me see your hand. Put your hand right on her forehead. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I speak life and healing to Iris right now. This cancer that's in her body, I command it to leave in Jesus' name. Leave in Jesus' name. The mighty name of Jesus. Satan, you are defeated. We are your master. You will leave now. And all of these demon spirits of infirmity will leave right now in Jesus' name. Now, Iris, take a deep breath. Blow out with your mouth. Thank you, Jesus. How can I pray for you? Hmm? Her son has uh, run away, and he's only 17. She has no idea where he is. Tell her about your name. Jeannie. Jeannie Sewell. Jeannie, and what's your son's first name? Caden. Lord, in Jesus' name, I want to uh, ask you, Lord, to protect Caden. First of all, keep him safe. Keep him away from uh, drugs and things that might hurt him. I'm asking you to give this mother peace. I'm asking you to show her wisdom of where he might be and give her wisdom when she speaks to him that you're going to speak in love and not judgment and you're going to ask him to return home because you miss him. And Satan, we bind you and cast you out to plead the blood of Christ over her. Take a nice deep breath now and blow it with your mouth. Thank you, Lord. You know, you've had a, I don't know you that well, but you've had a lot of uh, grief in your, especially your adult life, uh, broken relationships and things that have caused you a lot of misery. Am I wrong? I am wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Benny, would you come help me a minute? Yeah, put your hands on her. You feel like, like you have something from the Lord for her? 
just trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, and he will do what you need done. Let his will be done in your life. Did you, now, you listened to that, and you heard that. Fear not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Isaiah 41.10. How can we pray for you? Okay. She's going to move into another house, and so they've been packing, and it's got her down in her back. You guys want to lay hands on her? David, you got a word for her, David? Just trust in God. He'll answer your prayers, and he will heal you. Heavenly Father, we just ask right now that you touch her, dear Jesus. Your daughter dependent on your Lord. Bless her right now with a healing, dear Lord. And be your needs in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Be patient. The Lord says be patient. I know you have been, but it's not quite there yet, but it's close, isn't it? And it, the house and all of that's going to be a happy day, isn't it? And then you'll look back and you'll say it was worth it all. Okay. How about you, Ellen? How can we pray for you? Healing from head to toe and just God's direction in her life. She needs direction in her life and she needs healing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, T.O., come over here. Why don't you uh, lay hands on her and then pray for her? Do you have a word for her? I do. You've done many things in your life up, down. You had to shed something to get better. What's going to grow in you? Thank you, Father, for what you give us each and every day. We have a battle that we have to win every day. Regardless if it's good or bad. We have a battle every day. And it's not going to get any better. And it's not going to get any easier. We're going to have to really fight. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. God wants you to know that he is with you and that he has his arms around you and he will give you good directions to go. All you have to do is believe in him. Okay? God loves you and he wants you to know that. Did you need prayer? It's all right, we're going to get there. 
I'm going to pray for you. Ten days sober today. And our finances are really hurting because I haven't been to work for three weeks because of my boss lives in Texas. So. Him, uh, they, they, they have a financial need. If you, if God's dealing with you today to help them, uh, please do that right after church. And uh, they could use the help, okay? And that was a big thing for him to confess in front of all of you. So... Uh, you do what God says, all right? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Uh, Terry, come around here. And lay hands on him, and then do you have a word for him? Just just uh, hang in there. It's going to work out. God, we thank you right now for deliverance. We thank you for blessings and financial need right now. We know that it's going to be taken care of because we trust in you. We have confidence in you, and you're our great physician. Thank you for taking care of the habit. Remove it. God, in Jesus' name, amen. Anybody else have a word for him? Okay. You need prayer? Okay. What's the problem? Well, she has an aortic regurgitation. Her heart rate's up to 150, so they have a monitor on her to monitor her heart for a week and then they send it back and then they'll can it be fixed surgically? I don't know the aortic regurgitation can they can put in a pig valve but they need to get the heart rate down before they could do anything for her her name is Mackenzie here come here Judy you, you got something for her Trust in me. She's in my hands. This is only for a brief time. So we plead the blood over her. We know that she's your child. Every noble heart of this grandma. And Sharon, we speak life and healing over you. Speak healing to your body. And Tom as well. Do you have anything else, Judy? Okay. Anybody else before we go? You know, we need to do this more often. A lot of people come to church and they've got tremendous needs and they don't tell anybody. Or maybe there's not an opportunity like this today to share with people. We, we love you and my desire for all of you is to, is to be well and be whole. Yes, sir? I just need to tell you something. All of you need to go home today and read Psalm 121. It's concerning the crisis 
that we are in in America today. And believe me, we are in a crisis. We are in a crisis. I'm not blaming anybody. I'm just telling you what you should already know. And, and can I say this to you? And I, I'm not judging our president now. But you need to pray for him because, yeah, turn the lights on. You need to pray for him. He has undone some things, and he's done some things that are costing tens of thousands of jobs. And just pray, okay? All right, I'm going to pray for you and let you go. Don't forget, if you have a gift to give this couple over here, uh, please do that. If you want to go over and ask their name, if you want to write a check, Otherwise, give them cash. Father, thank you in Jesus' name, for Jesus is such a wonderful Savior. Lord, thank you for the price he paid. As we go today, Lord, help us to feel your presence. Help us to know that you are near. And help us to have a wonderful day today. Thank you for this beautiful weather. Lord, we praise you and we thank you in Jesus' name. And if you're uh, with us today by... Uh, television or what's the name of that thing? <laughs> Facebook. Thank you. Uh, we want to thank you for being with us today and uh, we hope you'll come back and join us again. God bless you. You're dismissed. Love on somebody. This has been a broadcast of New Song Christian Fellowship. Thank you for joining us today. If you wish to partner with us and support this ministry, you can give online at newsongcarlsbad.churchcenter.com forward slash giving. Your gift is tax deductible. Please share this broadcast with your friends and neighbors and help us spread the good news of Jesus Christ all across the globe. May the Lord richly bless you.